The scripture today comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32, and can be found in your pew Bible. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of the wealth that will belong to me. So he divided his assets between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant region. And there he squandered his health, his wealth in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that region and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the region who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come, and your father has filled the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, listen, for all these years, I've been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your assets with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. So ends the reading, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? God, open our minds and our hearts that you might help us to hear what you say to us today. Amen. Encanto, a refuge in which to live, a place of wonder, a miracle that grew, a home 
that came alive to shelter a family who needed safety. A place where children of the family were blessed with special gifts and the family's gifts together made their casita a paradise and an entire community grew out of it. Sounds simple enough. A wonderful family movie, Disney Animations Encanto, released in 2021, is a beautiful film with wonderful music written and composed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. A fun family movie. But when you look beneath the surface of the incredible artistry, the music, and the story of at what first watch seems to be all about amazing supernatural gifts, you find a complex story. Special gifts can be tricky, and families are complex. What if you can't find your gifts? Or the weight of your gift is too much to bear? What if you don't know what to do with the gift you're given? Or how to fit in a family filled with unstated expectations and secrets? These are the questions that Encanto sparks in me. And if family is supposed to create an Encanto for us, what does it mean when the last thing we find within our family is acceptance, appreciation, or hope for the future? Today, as we examine Encanto as a lens through which we might see the world and catch a glimpse of God working, we'll focus on three characters from the movie. Alma Madrigal, the matriarch of the magical family, who found herself the single mother to infant triplets. And in her efforts to find safety for them, she found an unexplained miracle that kept them safe and continued into the next generation. Bruno Madrigal is the triplet son of Alma. He never had a family like his sisters. And his supernatural gift allowed him to see into the future. And the future vision was not always what was wanted or expected. And Mirabel Madrigal, the 15-year-old main character who is one of the grandchildren to Alma and the only member of the family who in the midst of fanfare and great celebrations was not granted a special gift. She was just a regular teenager. Despite the lack of a supernatural gift, Mirabel was kind and compassionate. She cared deeply about her family and we see from the beginning of the movie that her support and care for others was counted on and needed. And Mirabel provided that support, even in the face of knowing that she was a huge disappointment to her abuela, because she did not have a gift to give the family or community. And the fact that she did not receive a gift secretly meant to her grandmother that the magic that surrounded them was beginning to break. And it was likely all Mirabel's fault. We see this fear and disappointment play out in a scene when the youngest madrigal, Antonio, is going to receive his gift, and he is so fearful he can't move. He looks and reaches out to his trusted friend Mirabel, who, knowing what happened to her when her gift was to be given as a child, says, I can't help you. But Antonio pleads, but I need you. And Mirabel steps up and walks with her cousin, providing love and compassion, care for her cousin, knowing the entire time that her grandmother is fearful and disapproving of Mirabel stepping into the magic of the family a second time. But with Mirabel's love and support, Antonio finds his gift and a celebration ensues. 
but the celebration does not include Maribel. She's easily forgotten without a gift to celebrate. On an important day for the family, the one who provides the greatest support is made to feel like an outsider. Mirabel is lost. And in her hurt and pain, she, a 15-year-old, is the only one who can begin to see that the magic that holds the family together is falling apart. Which brings us to Bruno. Now, you might be thinking, we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno, as the now famous song goes, but we have to talk about Bruno, the lost son, the one who used his gifts to tell of impending pain coming to the family, the son who was truthful, and in his truth, he hurt others. Bruno was shunned. We don't talk about Bruno because he is gone. And as long as we don't talk about him, Bruno's kept away and forgotten which keeps the family safe from fear of knowing what might come. But Mirabelle, she's brave and has nothing else to lose and is searching for what is to come. And in an effort to find out what is causing the magic of the family to break, she sets off to find her long-lost Uncle Bruno. Turns out the epic quest to find him in his place up high among the sands of time that run forever, it's futile. Because Bruno's just on the other side of the wall of his family's kitchen. When Mirabel finally finds him, she's stunned to see that for years, Bruno has been peering through the cracks in the wall, watching his family as they eat and laugh and play together. Bruno has extended the table behind the wall, drawn his own plate, so he could sit with his family day after day, quietly, just beyond the wall, to avoid hurting them with the visions he saw. It's heartbreaking. Families are complex. And in efforts to keep families together so that all will be well and perfect and hopeful, pain, hurt, and secrets begin to make cracks in the facade of what we hoped would be our encanto. Alma Madrigo, Abuela, is the epitome of this notion. We see her angry at the mere suggestion that things might not be okay. We watch as she ignores the burdens caused by the gifts her family must manage. We see her holding on so tightly to what she believes. All the things that will keep a miracle of the encanto surrounding her family together that she loses sight of what actually keeps them all safe. Not a miracle, but community. And in the end, we learn that Abuela has endured unimaginable trauma for which she cannot speak. The trauma of losing her beloved husband who fought to keep them safe. She was a refugee, seeking shelter and safety with three infants. She had nothing. And yet, her desire and hope for something better for her children is the miracle from which the Encanto grew, and it provided shelter and safety for an entire community. But Abuela didn't trust it. She couldn't. She held on so tightly to her hopes and an idea that she lost sight of how the Encanto came to be. It's not until Abuela tells her truth, her hurt, her trauma, her story to Mirabel, that Mirabel can finally see her grandmother for the beauty and truth for which she holds. And the reality is that their casita still came crashing down. 
Yet because of the Encanto, the place of care and love that had been created, the entire community came together to build a new foundation on hope and trust. We can all find ourselves in stories like this. The idea of Encanto to me is simply God's love given to the lost, broken, and lonely. That's you and me. After watching Encanto, I kept coming back to the story of the prodigal son. The scripture from Luke is the story of a complex family, of three characters, all who are lost at some point, all looking for acceptance, peace, love, ways to live out their lives fully protected by a grace that only comes from God. In the scripture, we see Jesus telling about a complex family, an ancient movie of sorts. Imagine a father with two sons. The younger son has never found his way in the family. His gifts aren't accepted, aren't appreciated, aren't what is expected by anyone else. He simply can't find his way. And in a final effort to find Encanto for himself, he asks for his inheritance and sets off for a new life, leaving his religion, his family, and all that he has ever known behind him. Now, the father in this story is unique. He doesn't fight his young son or refuse his request to leave. He obliges him. And I can only imagine that through tears and a broken heart, the father watches as his son walks away until he fades into the horizon. He's gone. He's lost to the family. Off to what might make him whole. Imagine the father hoped that his son would find his way, find his own encanto, create his own way of being accepted, happy, and healthy in the world. But as we heard, that's not what happened. Whatever brokenness the son experienced at home, having money and a new life and a new land, didn't make it any better. He was still broken. Lost, lonely. Eventually, he loses everything, all of his inheritance, and finds himself eating and sleeping with the pigs that he cared for. Rock bottom. As he starved and lived in squalor, he imagined a better life. That life was back at home, his father's home. If only I could just be hired by my father to work his land, I would be okay, he thought. I will go to my father and ask him to give me work, nothing else, just a place so I don't starve to death. I wonder how many times he played out what he would say to his father in his mind. How many scenarios that went through as he determined what to say and how to say it as he approached his home. To come back to the family who he had disowned and left for better days. As the story continues, we remember the scene of exuberance and love shown by a father who sees a long-lost son coming up the road. The father jumps up, runs to meet his son. He places a ring on his finger, a robe around his shoulders, shoes on his feet. He calls for the greatest of celebrations for his son who was lost, has returned. Lost is unique in this situation. For no one ran after the son when he left, but everyone knew that he was lost and looking for something. And perhaps in the unimaginable grace shown by a father who had gone above and beyond to care for his young son, even to the point of letting him go, the son found his way back to an encanto that surrounded him with open arms and love. That's not the end of the story either. Because we're always reminded that families are complex. There's an older son in the family, 
a son who stayed and worked and carried the weight of a breaking family, a brother who was lost, a father who was brokenhearted, and he, the older son, just did his best to keep it all together, holding on against all odds to do all he could do to maintain his family. When his brother returns and the party starts, he's still in the fields doing what he's always done, work. When he realizes that his brother has returned and a party has broken out, he is furious. The encanto his brother is experiencing created pain and anger for the son who did all he could do to please his father and never once had a celebration thrown for him. It is again up to the father to know what is needed by his son. The father goes to the elder son, something he didn't do for the younger, but for this eldest child he could see he needed to be found. He needed to be sought after. He needed to have the opportunity from his father to see the vision for the family that was beyond the pain that had been caused and to embrace a new way of being together, a new encanto, a new refuge in which to live. When I imagine the story of Encanto and this scripture, I see Bruno and the young son who flees because he simply can't find his way. I see Abuela and the eldest son who held on so tightly and worked so hard to keep the family safe. And when the cracks started to come, she, like the elder son, became angry and couldn't understand how things could be different. It's the father and Mirabel that are most alike both wise and compassionate, able to see the needs of those around them, to bring people together by searching, finding, and listening, and both willing and able to imagine a new way of connecting to one another to provide a place of refuge. Families are complex. People are complex and broken and lost. We are complex and broken and lost. And we're all looking for an encanto. That's why we're gathered here today, to find that community, to find the only true place that an encanto might exist, not in an imagined home in a movie in the mountains of Columbia, but in the arms of a God who loves us just as we are and accepts us wholly and completely. And in a God who finds us when we're lost to wrap us back up and provide us with a refuge, a love, and grace. An encanto. Amen.